Tonight's guest in the Honky Tonk Time Machine has racked up the awards and accolades over the years. He's a CMA, ACM, and Grammy Award-winning country music singer and songwriter. He won the CMA Horizon Award in 1996, and he was the ACM's Best New Male Vocalist that same year. One of the all-time great voices in country music, Brian White. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time with me this evening. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for your for uh, your time, and thanks for letting me uh, be a part of this. I'm I'm grateful. Well, we're glad to have you. In 1996, I mean, I'm sure that was a fun year getting those awards, but I want to start a couple years before that. You get your first pair of number one hits in 95, but it was 1994 when you broke through and, and got some songs on the radio, right? Yeah, that's when I, uh, you know, recorded my first album, and uh, and then... Uh, soon after that, not sometime in '95, you know, my first my first album was released. Yeah, so seems like yesterday sometimes, and then sometimes it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just depends on what day it is, I guess. Uh, 1995, hard to believe it's already been 25 years, but I mean that that was kind of the big year. And I, I want to get into to the songs, kind of get some stories behind the songs. But first, I want to get to know Brian White a little bit. I know you were born in Oklahoma, grew up in Oklahoma City. What is it about Oklahoma that all these mega country stars are coming from there, whether it's Garth Brooks, Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Reba McIntyre, Vince Gill? Seems to be just a mecca. I'll give you my answer, and then i got to give you Vince Gill's answer because it's a lot funnier. But (laughs) my answer is, uh, you know, there's a longstanding heritage of country music in in Oklahoma. It's it's just uh, people love it there. It's it's. I mean, it's the kind of the music of the heartland, you know, and I, I feel like I grew up in the heartland and, you know, just hard work and salt of the earth people. And, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of music that, you know, a lot of people there relate to. And I, I, you know, as far as where all the musicians and singers come from, I I guess, you know, uh, like anybody, that's just back in the day, a lot of people just wanted to, they realized that they had a natural talent and they loved music and they, you know, like me, took you know, grabbed their stuff, threw it in a car, and took off because they loved it and they wanted to sing. And uh, you know, I can't imagine how many people from Oklahoma probably made a really good run at it, and, and you know, never saw the light of day, but can sing circles around most of us. You know, so it's, <laughs> I, I think it's just it's it's the, it's the music of the heartland, you know, and people just love it there, and 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 probably more than most people, Oklahoma just uh, you know gravitates toward towards country music a lot you know and i'll give you vince gill's answer we i it was the night i won my cna it's at my first cma award and vince won i think male vocalist or, or one of those and we were backstage doing uh some press and they asked him well they asked both of us the same question and i i uh reluctantly uh you know uh did not answer because there's no way to top what he said it was way too too classic <laughs> so he said uh he said, "Well, you know, uh, there's just nothing. There's nothing else to do there." <laughs> you know? so, and everybody just, you know, laughed. And uh, so, uh, pretty funny stuff. He's a pretty witty guy. Uh, well, we're we're here in Southeast Missouri. We can relate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Awesome. And in your situation, you come from a musical family, so I'm sure it was instilled in you at a pretty early age. I did. Um, my dad and my mom were both musicians, and. Uh, unlike a lot of people, uh, they, they put my brother and I through school, you know, playing music, playing, you know, barn dances and clubs and private parties and corporate shows. And, 
and traveling sometimes out of state. You know, they traveled statewide, but every now and then they'd find themselves in Arkansas or Kansas or, or Texas or, or, you know, wherever they needed to be. So I, I, I did get it honest. And even going back a few years before them, my great-grandmother was a, a square dance caller, and she made some records when she was uh, young. And then I ha- my grandmother on my mom's side was a songwriter, and uh, a couple of the one of the songs that actually got my foot in the door in Nashville was a song that that we actually wrote together, which is crazy. A song that I wrote with my grandma, you know, knocked one of the doors open. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Did that song end up being released? No, it, it was never released. We, uh, you know, there was a brief moment where we uh, we were going to try to find the master and and maybe sort of paint around it and, and you know in in hopes of maybe making something happen with it and it just never came to fruition but uh but i still have it though that's awesome so it kind of sounds like you always knew this was going to be your path uh, am i right or did you ever think you might go in a different direction well you know like i i presume that you know when you grow up in a household with you know like say you've got a a dad that's an accountant you know right. there, there's there's a pretty good percentage like a, there's a pretty good chance that you know that you may end up going that route with your profession or or you know whatever uh, a sports dad or you know things like that and usually that apple doesn't fall too far from the tree and so I think that was that was the same with me I, I kind of messed around with music and played drums quite a bit up until and even kind of sang a little bit kind of in, in the closet I didn't really let anybody know I sang and and uh, but I'd say from the age of probably fourteen to you know fourteen on, that's when I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, there was just a few things that sort of happened that were very defining in, in my life musically, and I just went, okay, there it is. The light bulb went off, and I and I just kind of from that day forward, I was you know just fixed on on making making something happen, you know. Now, outside of your family, what would you say your your biggest influence was musically? Like, who who did you listen to um, and kind of aspire to to be like? Yeah, yeah. Outside of my family, it's it's a hands down. Steve Warner was my musical hero uh, as a kid, and still to this day, is is still the most influential on me musically. Uh, he's a tremendous tremendous guy and a great friend too. Uh, but Steve was was by far out of all the influences I had, he was the one that had the, the biggest impact on me. I can definitely see that, and it's not just the similarities in the voices either. But you can definitely hear his influence in your songs. That's pretty cool. So you said you're friends with Steve. Then you guys still stay in touch? I do. I'm I'm really I consider myself very fortunate because you know it's you know it, it, I know it sounds very storybookish, but I you know. I would have never thought in a million years I, I would have, uh, you know, gotten to work with Steve and and write songs with him and and you know much less become friends and so, but I, I can honestly say he is one of my one of my best friends and I, I he's just a tremendous guy and um, I, it's been really awesome being able to do so many things over the years you know together. That's awesome. And what I try to do is I try to maybe play a song or two from our guest's influence. So if I had to pick, awesome. a, if I had to pick a Steve Warner song to play, what would you recommend? Oh man, well, I, you know, there's so many of them. It's hard to choose. <laughs> I'll just go with. I'll shoot from the hip. I'll just go right off the top of my head. I'll just say, uh, 
I should be with you. Can't go wrong with that. And if I'm shooting from the hip, I'd probably say some fools never learn. Oh, yeah. They're they're all great. You can't go wrong with any of them. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to pick a bad one. You can't find a bad one anywhere. <laughs> and life's highway. I love that one, too. Oh, me too. Yeah, Roger Murrow wrote that. Very cool. Well, we're going to play some Steve tonight. Uh, going back to you, though, you start breaking through there in, in 1994, a couple of songs out on the radio. How did that break happen? Well, absolutely, and I, I love the opportunity to share some of this because it gives me an op- uh, gives me a chance to uh, to talk about the people that that really helped me. So there was a guy named Billy Joe Walker Jr. I know that's a long name, Billy <laughs> Joe Walker Jr. Uh, Billy was a renowned uh, session guitar player. Uh, he played on everybody's records from. You know, Glenn Campbell to uh, the Beach Boys to all the Hank Jr. records to Reba. You know, I mean, I'm, I mean anything you heard on the radio, country-wise in the '80s and and most of the '90s, he was either playing acoustic or electric guitar on them. And he's a guy from uh, Midland, Odessa, Texas. And um, a friend of mine, actually a friend of my dad's, who is a guitar player in Oklahoma City, where I'm from. Uh, that's kind of where the connection came from, and I. Uh, sent Billy a few demos that I had recorded in Oklahoma City that were just kind of the beginning of me trying to figure out you know how to work in the studio and how to write and all that and and he heard my voice and contacted me and you know one thing led to another and as soon as I you know graduated from high school I you know ended up in Nashville as quick as I could and could get there and uh Billy took me under his wing and started kind of developing me and uh you know spending his own dime you know trying to get a you know something together uh, that was pitchable and uh you know i i stayed with with billy and his wife and you know it's so great to have somebody that believes in you you know so I, it was so great to have a champion back then because you know a lot of people wonder how how do i get to nashville how do i do this thing and and it's you know ultimately you have to just bite the bullet and go but it it sure does help to have somebody in your corner and billy was the the guy that believed in me and believed that I could, that you know, had everything to, you know, all the, the what I needed to, to, uh, you know, uh, have success in, in this business. And, uh, and it just happened to work out, you know, he took me to uh, several places and we ultimately landed in the right place. And, um, so um, I'd, I'd say that that was, uh, I think it was 1992 when I moved to Nashville and, um, you know, so I, it, you just have to, it's kind of a, I think back then I was so young, I think you just, I, I, I was sort of, uh, it was sort of a combination of uh, feeling like you're invincible and then being stupid, you know, so just <laughs> kind of blind faith, you know, I was just, I, I knew somehow inherently I, I, I needed to be in Nashville and was meant to be in Nashville, but it sure did help to have, uh, you know, people like Billy in my corner to sort of, help me ride in you know ride in on that you know so it took a couple of years then since the or from the time you moved there to you know to get the ball rolling you get your first single out on the radio in 94 what was that like two-year period like was it a was it a struggle were you doing okay well i honestly i have to say if it weren't for my uh grandparents my family and, and them sort of helping me for a little while uh it would have been more of a struggle for sure so i'm grateful for that um, you know what I did for a living until things until I started actually working and going out and playing clubs and stuff, which you know it, it took a while to start actually making money. But 
I sang demos for, for publishers and for songwriters, and I was fortunate enough to kind of develop a, a rapport in that two-year period. And uh, and so, you know, I, I, it wasn't uncommon to have, you know, I don't know, five or six phone calls a week saying, hey, uh, so-and-so told me you'd be great for, for this for this session, would love to have you sing a couple of songs for me, you know, and then I'd have to just basically go swing by the publisher, grab the cassette, the cassette, that's really dating me there, but <laughs> I'd go by and pick up the cassette with the lyric sheet and, uh, and then, you know, I'd, I'd probably knock out five to 10 demos a week at, you know, 40, 50 bucks a pop. And that's kind of how I made a, a, a living until I, got hooked up with uh, Glenn Campbell's camp, and uh, I met a few people that ultimately led to Glenn hearing my voice, and, and Glenn signed me to a publishing deal at his publishing company, and then I started to write there. And and uh, so, you know, I was really fortunate. I mean, obviously, I didn't have a ton of money. It was definitely a ramen noodles diet, for sure, for that <laughs> couple of years. But, but it, you know, I was I was fortunate to be busy and, and to... Uh, uh, become busier and busier as the years went by so 